0: Moral rights are rights of creators of copyrighted works generally recognized in civil law jurisdictions and, to a lesser extent, in some common law jurisdictions. The moral rights include the right of attribution, the right to have a work published anonymously or pseudonymously, and the right to the integrity of the work. The preserving of the integrity of the work allows the author to object to alteration, distortion, or mutilation of the work that is prejudicial to the author's honor or reputation. Anything else that may detract from the artist's relationship with the work even after it leaves the artist's possession or ownership may bring these moral rights into play. Moral rights are distinct from any economic rights tied to copyrights. Even if an artist has assigned his or her copyright rights to a work to a third party, he or she still maintains the moral rights to the work. Moral rights were first recognized in France and Germany, before they were included in the Berne Convention for the Protection of Literary and Artistic Works in 1928. Canada recognizes moral rights, droit moraux, in its copyright act, loi sur le droit d'auteur. The United States became a signatory to the Convention in 1989, and incorporated a version of moral rights under its copyright law under Title 17 of the U.S. Code. The Berne Convention is not a self-executing treaty, and the U.S. Berne Convention Implementation Act excludes the U.S. from the moral rights section. Some jurisdictions allow for the waiver of moral rights. In the United States, the Visual Artists' Rights Act of 1990, VARA, recognizes moral rights, but applies only to a narrow subset of works of visual art. For the purposes of VARA, visual art includes paintings, drawings, prints, sculptures, and photographs, existing in a single copy or a limited edition of 200 signed and numbered copies or fewer. A photograph must be taken only for exhibition purposes to be recognized under this subcategory. Independent art is not a focus of this waiver, for VARA only works in protecting artwork that can be considered as having recognized stature. Some of the items that are voided from VARA's protection include posters, maps, globes, motion pictures, electronic publications, and applied art. The VARA grants artists two specific rights, the right of attribution and the right of integrity. The right of attribution allows an author to enforce the attribution of their work, prevent the misattribution of their work to another author, and permits the author to retain anonymous or pseudo-anonymous ownership of the work. The right of integrity does its best to prevent distortion or modification of their work, easing an artist's worries surrounding negative defamation directly applied to their work affecting their own personal, creative, or professional reputation through misrepresentation. In the United States, moral rights are not transferable, and end only with the life of the author. Authors may, however, waive their moral rights if this is done in writing. Some jurisdictions like Austria differentiate between narrow and wide moral rights. Whilst the former is about integrity of the work, the latter limits usages, which may harm the author's integrity. Some copyright timestamp services allow an author to publish allowed and disallowed usage intentions to prevent a violation of such wider moral rights. Bern Convention through the Rome Revision of the Berne Convention in 1928, the Berne Convention accepted two forms of moral rights: paternity and integrity. These rights are included in Article 6bis of the Berne Convention as follows: Independent of the author's economic rights, and even after the transfer of the said rights, the author shall have the right to claim authorship of the work and to object to any distortion, modification of, or other derogatory action in relation to the said work which would be prejudicial to the author's honor or reputation. In the United States, moral rights traditionally have not been recognized in American law. Some elements of moral rights do exist in the United States, but are usually protected through specific contract provisions between parties, or else through individual states' laws or the derivative work rights in U.S. copyright law. U.S. copyright law emphasizes protection of financial reward over protection of creative attribution. The exclusive rights tradition in the United States is inconsistent with the notion of moral rights as it was constituted in the Civil Code tradition stemming from post-revolutionary France. When the United States acceded to the Berne Convention, it stipulated that the Convention's moral rights provisions were addressed sufficiently by other statutes, such as laws covering slander and libel. Some individual states have moral rights laws, particularly pertaining to visual art and artists, see for example California Art Preservation Act, Artists' Authorship Rights Act, New York. However, it is unclear if these laws, or portions thereof, are preempted by federal laws, such as the Visual Artists' Rights Act. In Gilliam v. American Broadcasting, the Monty Python comedy troupe made a claim of mutilation, akin to a moral rights claim. In 1975, in legal proceedings against American TV network ABC for airing re edited versions of Monty Python's Flying Circus. However, the case was primarily decided on the basis of whether the BBC was licensed in such a way as to allow ABC to edit the videos. Visual Artists' Rights Act The Visual Artists' Rights Act of 1990 grants authors of a work of visual art, for example photographs, paintings, sculptures, etc., the non transferable right to. Claim authorship. Prevent the use of one's name on any work the author did not create. Prevent use of one's name on any work that has been distorted, mutilated, or modified in a way that would be prejudicial to the author's honor or reputation. Prevent any intentional distortion, mutilation, or modification that would prejudice the author's honor or reputation. And prevent the destruction of a work of art if it is of recognized stature. These rights are distinct from any rights of copyright and ownership of a copy of the work. Adaptation Right Copyright holders have the right to control adaptations, or the preparation of derivative works. This right is given under copyright law. C-17 U.S.C. Section 106. Lanham Act Section 43 of the Lanham Act governs false and misleading advertising, and can apply in some instances to attribution of protected works. However, it cannot be used to create moral rights for works outside of the Act. See Daster v. 20th Century Fox. By the start of the 20th century, U.S. decisions on unfair competition found that representing as the author's work a version of the work that substantially departed from the original was a cause of action. Section, Section 43a of the Lanham Act, which protects brands and trademarks, also provides similar protection to laws based on moral rights. For any goods or services, it bans false designation of origin or false description or representation. In Gilliam v. American Broadcasting the British comedy group called Monty Python took action against the ABC network for broadcasting versions of their programs which had been correctly attributed to them but had been extensively edited, in part to remove content that their audience might consider offensive or obscene. The judgment of the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit was in favor of Monty Python, Finding the cuts might be an actionable mutilation that violated the Lanham Act. Courtesy of non-attribution. Authors occasionally wish to distance themselves from work they've been involved with, some to the point of not wishing to be recognized as the work's author. One way they may do this is by signing the work under a pseudonym. Alan Smithy was a traditional, collective pseudonym used between 1968 and 1999 by discontented Hollywood film directors who no longer wanted to be credited. This courtesy was not always extended, however. The director of Highlander 2, Russell Mulcahy, wanted his name removed after the completion bond company took over film production, but he was contractually obliged not to impugn the film and he was told that using a pseudonym would impugn it. If the work is unfinished, sometimes the original author will choose a pseudonym as permission for the copyright holder to do whatever they wish to finish and market the unwanted work, cutting ties from the product. In Canada Section 14.1 of Canada's Copyright Act protects the moral rights of authors. The moral rights cannot be assigned, but can be waived contractually. Many publishing contracts in Canada now contain a standard moral right waiver. Moral rights in Canada were famously exercised in the case of Snow v. The Eaton Centre Limited in this case Toronto Eaton Centre, a large shopping mall, had commissioned the artist Michael Snow for a sculpture of Canada geese snow successfully stopped Eaton's from decorating the geese with bows at christmas plant breeders rights plant breeders rights pbr also known as plant variety rights pbr are rights granted to the breeder of a new variety of plant that give the breeder exclusive control over the propagating material including seed cuttings divisions tissue culture and harvested material cut flowers fruit foliage of a new variety for a number of years with these rights The breeder can choose to become the exclusive marketer of the variety, or to license the variety to others. In order to qualify for these exclusive rights, a variety must be new, distinct, uniform, and stable. A variety is New if it has not been commercialized for more than one year in the country of protection. Distinct if it differs from all other known varieties by one or more important botanical characteristics, such as height, maturity, color, etc. Uniform if the plant characteristics are consistent from plant to plant within the variety. And stable if the plant characteristics are genetically fixed and therefore remain the same from generation to generation, or after a cycle of reproduction in the case of hybrid varieties. The breeder must also give the variety an acceptable denomination, which becomes its generic name and must be used by anyone who markets the variety. Typically, plant variety rights are granted by national offices after examination. Seed is submitted to the Plant Variety Office, who grows it for one or more seasons, to check that it is distinct, stable, and uniform. If these tests are passed, exclusive rights are granted for a specified period, typically 20 or 25 years, or 25 or 30 years for trees and vines. Annual renewal fees are required to maintain the rights. Breeders can bring suit to enforce their rights and can recover damages for infringement. Plant breeders' rights contain exemptions from infringement that are not recognized under patent law. Commonly, there is an exemption for farm-saved seed. Farmers may store this production in their own bins for their own use as seed, but this does not necessarily extend to brown bag sales of seed. Further sales for propagation purposes are not allowed without the written approval of the breeder. There is also a breeder's exemption, research exemption in the 1991 Act that allows breeders to use protected varieties as sources of initial variation to create new varieties of plants 1978 act or for other experimental purposes 1991 act there is also a provision for compulsory licensing to assure public access to protected varieties if the national interest requires it and the breeder is unable to meet the demand there is tension over the relationship between patent rights and plant breeders rights there has been litigation in Australia the United States and Canada over the overlap between such rights. Each of these cases was decided on the principle that patents and plant breeders' rights were overlapping and not mutually exclusive. Thus, the exemptions from infringement of plant breeders' rights, such as the saved seed exemption, do not create corresponding exemptions from infringement of the patents covering the same plants. Likewise, acts that infringe the plant breeders' rights, such as exportation of the variety, would not necessarily infringe a patent on the variety, which only allows the patent owner to prohibit making, using, or selling, first sale, but not resale, the patented invention.